Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. I am Devin, and tonight we've got a special guest. Uh, We'll have him on here any second now. Uh, but as always, guys, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Hey, Jared. What's up? How's it going, buddy? How are you? Doing good. That's good. Uh, let's see. We've got Alex. All right. And I'm waiting on our special guest. Maybe I got Alex. I don't see him yet. Connecting with Alex. There he goes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you just fine. Yes. Clear and concise, right? Yeah, That's right. Good, nice. So here's the drum roll. Let's see if we can get Garrett without any problems. Uh, but as always, guys, like I said, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you're doing your Christmas shopping, you can listen to us then. You know, whatever you're doing, you can always do throwback episodes. Uh, we've got the ed- episodes with Todd Stewart. And let me see what problems we're having. Uh Okay, sorry, I'm having some technical things with uh, our guest. Um, need Je- you need the Jeopardy music playing. I know, right? That's that what needs I was- to be on your soundboard. That's right. Uh, I've actually got I've got one queued up just for uh, the guest, uh, and it falls under our three seconds, so it's perfect. Let me see if I can pull it up. Cool. Um, Jeopardy music. Here we go. I don't think this is copyright infringing because it's uh, yeah, not at all. Apparently, there's like ten hours of it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so. So so good. Classic. One of my favorite things I've ever seen was somebody playing the Jeopardy theme on piano while their pastor was praying at their church. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and nobody caught it. And nobody caught it. It was so funny. I'm just like that this is. guy's actually playing in front of like 200 selected people at this church in Jeopardy theme as his pastor is saying this elegant prayer. <laughs> See, that's what I aspire to be in life. There we go. Um, okay, Jared, um, I need a little technical know-how from you. So do you just All go right. into the app or how do you do it? Uh, uh, for Garrett? Yes. Yeah, you go into the app and then uh, he should just look up the Red Out podcast, click where it says live. Then you hit enter, and then once you get into the actual room, you hit the little thumb button and hit call in. And then once you do that, you should he should be able to as long as you have him as a co-host. Yes, I've got him listed. Okay, go click right up. Sorry, I'm try- I'm texting this out to him as we talk. Uh, but I guess what I'll do, I'll go ahead and let you all do your um, um, do your winners and losers, and then we'll get Garrett in here just as soon as we can. Alex, I'll let you go first. Who's your winners? Okay. Yes. Winners would definitely have to be the Tennessee Titans. I would agree with that. We're on the strength, and we're hopefully playing for a share of the division title Sunday against the Texans. But there's also good news that apparently we play the Saints next week, and they're going to try to get a flex to Sunday night football. Hmm. That would be big. It'll be big, intriguing, but a little bit scary at the same time. It's just 
once again, we're getting national attention. We're getting mm-hmm. all this stuff. Can they pull it off without? And, and once again, I would like to say, as a Dolphins fan, you're welcome for Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And like, week by week, he's literally winning me over. And it's just like, I never doubted the fact that he had great ability. It was just with Miami, it's like, Coaching Ow. and everything. It's so bad. The Dolphins are sort of like the Knicks as far as it goes to being a dysfunctional franchise. That's just kind of how it is. And it's like this. They've had stills, and they've had, like, also uh, Devontae Parker. Just, like, weapons. Like, why were there weapons around him? But just the offensive line just could not stay consistent at all. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of sad. But that's the life I chose as being a Dolphins fan. Playoffs once every eight years. I got another, let's see, I, I still got another five years to wait until they go to the playoffs again. So, I mean, on the bright side, four seems like a not-so-bad coach. I mean, it's just you have yeah. to get the right players in there. Also, the draft's coming up, so it can go either way for the Dolphins in the next offseason or so. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And the losers will have to be <sighs> – Anybody that does not appreciate the goodness of the new Mr. Rogers movie. <laughs> I have yet to oh, see it. Oh, it was so good, man. I'm glad you went to go see it. I love it so much. Yeah, it's like me and a bunch of buddies from our church. We just made like a little movie night out of it. So we went last night, saw it, and it's just, man. I mean, it takes you for a ride. That's for sure. It looks really good. I'll say that. From what I've seen. Um, still working on getting Garrett... Um, one of my losers while I'm working on that, uh, how about the uh, New England Patriots getting caught yeah. for, for uh, <laughs> recording the Cincinnati Bengals, which, by the way. Why would you need to record the Bengals? They are literal <laughs> garbage. Yeah. Like, you could just find, like, I don't, I don't, that just makes no sense to me that they would need to do that. But, I mean, the Patriots are kind of backsliding right now. They have another scandal like this that's hit the fan, and they've lost two games in a row. Uh, they got beat by the Chiefs in New England, which was like the first time that someone's beat them in Foxborough in December for like the longest time that I can remember. So I really hope that it stays true that Brady is slipping. But usually the way this works out is that the media says, oh, the Patriots aren't going to do that good. And then they go to the Super Bowl and win. So I'm not going to yeah. say anything just yet. As much I'm as I'd like boat. to. I'm in the same boat as you are. Um they all they're always a really good tournament team. They're a good playoff team. They always do well as soon as that gets there. Um so still working getting our special guest uh Garrett Browning onto the show. But like I said, while I'm doing that, um Jared, do you have any winners and losers, buddy? Oh man. There's been so much that's happened this past week. And I love a lot of it and I hate a lot of it as well. I mean I guess my winner and loser would just be Western because they had one of the best weeks possible last week with having the volleyball first round, first and second round of the tournament. Great atmosphere, had over 4,500 people the first night and 5,000, I think, the next. Seeing that turnout was awesome. And then, of course, men's basketball, playing Arkansas and beating them was great. And, of course, Lady Topper basketball was beating uh, Oklahoma. But... As all things in the universe seem to work out, we can't enjoy nice things because not only did the Lady Tops lose to Louisville again in volleyball to end the season in front of that big crowd, which, I mean, it sucks, 
But, of course, Bassey going down in the Arkansas game. I mean, there's not much to say about that except depression, honestly. But I think the team will be okay, which we'll talk about. But it's just been an up-and-down emotional week for being the Hilltopper sports fan. Yes, yes, it has. Completely agree. Um, still working on this. It's always great to do stuff on the fly like we always do. So, yeah. um and I remember the first time we ever tried this, <laughs> what that was like. Yes. But once you get the hang of it, I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's not bad. And, of course, yeah, he's just a first-timer, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I'm just sending this, if I can get it to work while we're talking here. So If it's technology, it probably won't work when you need it to. Exactly. The tagline for technology in general is just, it works whenever it wants to. Yeah. I'm just hoping we don't have a lot of static because uh, he's not a Facebook guy. Because mm-hmm. I said something about, yeah, you know, if you don't mind just downloading Facebook, and he's like, well, I'd have to make one. And I'll, yeah, that is true. Like, I, can't just oh. it. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a boomer, and I think everybody's got a Facebook, but still. You are a boomer. I mean, you post like 70 things a day. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I'm guilty of that, but, uh, you know... I do get a good chuckle out of some of them, though, I will say. So do I. Appreciate that, guys. I appreciate that. Um, So we'll see see if we can get him on here. Uh, We'll just go ahead and skip ahead a little bit to women's basketball. Uh, The Lady Toppers beat Ball State 91-86 on December 7th. And then on December 4th, uh, beat Oklahoma, which was the last show we did. Um, So they beat Oklahoma 74-63. They were turning up there towards the end, and it was pretty crazy. Um, So uh, what did you all think as far as the Lady Tops? How did you think that went? Uh, I guess I'll go first with you, uh, Alex. They are a solid team. It's like now I'm really going to have to get on myself to just Go out and support the tops. Also, ticket prices are really low, and it's just really cheap. Like, yeah. But although it's like they have a really good system going on, and it's great to see. Like each week, they're just getting better and better. Like D. Givens, Raneem, uh, I can't pronounce her last name. I'm still trying to get that right. Though. <laughs> I think it's Elgeway or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you may be right. I don't know. Yeah, Eljoy. Maybe. I'm sure Matt McKay is going to be listening to this and screaming how to actually say it, which will be great. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Just pronounce the name. That way I could just say it in the mirror like 10 times before I go to work. Like, just practice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. So, anyway, uh, Jared, what did you think of the women's basketball game? I mean, that's definitely a really solid win, beating a Power 5. And, of course, beating one at home is always a good thing, too. Being able to have that crowd support. Whenever you get those big names, I mean, that always helps selling tickets and getting people in there. So props to Todd Stewart for getting that game. And, of course, winning, too. Uh, Lady Tops under Greg Collins are looking really, really good so far, especially this season. They've gotten better in a lot of the things that they struggled with last season. And I hope that they keep that going into the conference. It's going to be really interesting to see how they do in CUSA. 
I really hope that they can finish strong and hopefully get another championship. I mean, all we've done since we've joined Conference USA is just dominate everything. They updated the graphic now with the volleyball win, and we've had 27 conference titles since we've joined in 2014-2015, which is like head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um no, you're good. I've finally got him almost on here, so let's see. Drum roll. I know, right? Not to mention, Lady Tops have another Power 5 coming next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. They're facing mm-hmm. off for two in their annual... Like, whenever they do early games at, like, 11 in the morning, is it for, like, the school children? Just for, like, the schools to go to? Are they doing that this year? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's usually something they do. I was going to say, I haven't heard anything yet. So, of course, I mean, that's always a great thing when they can go out and kind of uh, be good examples for these young ladies who, you know, are looking – are playing athletics, you know. I mean, whether it's whatever sport they play, you know, they've got these, you know, strong female role models to look up to. Yes. Oh, and spoiler alert, the game is in West Lafayette. It's not in Bowling Green. Oh. Ah, nice. Yeah. I thought oh, it. I just read the schedule wrong, but that's the next Power Five they play also. Sunday, they play Sanford. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, basically all of the um, basically all the uh, games are canceled this week for finals, so good luck to you all who are doing um, who are doing finals this week. So. Yeah, I remember I those days. It was yeah. oh, gosh. Just Having to do juries, that was the worst. Oh my gosh. And I mean, we all understand the acronym for finals anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, it's one of those. Um, all right. Where are. All right, dude. Okay, here we go. Let's see if it works. Okay, let's see if it works. Hello, Garrett. How's it going, buddy? Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, there we go. Oh, Sweet. Man. Yes. So hey. we've been. Waiting you don't have that Apple sponsorship, right? Because I'm uh, oh, obviously Samsung not. after all this. So just <laughs> let me know. Well, I've been waiting to play this just for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, so Garrett Browning, uh, former ESPN BG guy. Uh, so Garrett, since you're a little late to the show, we'll do. do you have any winners or losers of the previous week? Oh, some winners and losers. Well, yes. Uh, now these are winners and losers at life, or you know, just sports in general. It doesn't have to be anything great. Uh, for instance, mine was the New England Patriots losing to <laughs> or uh, being caught uh, recording the Cincinnati Bengals. So yeah, I appreciate that. I think uh, the easy choice for winner would be a cop out and just to go with uh, Travis Hudson after just the entire oh, year. It's hard to go away from what uh, what he's done with WKU Volleyball, man. I I honestly, like, it's been talked about so much, but they deserve every bit of it and so much more. And it's kind of just coming on late. I mean, I wish they would have had this support for the last, you know, six or seven years with uh, Jessica Lucas and Alyssa Cavanaugh back in the day. I mean, they had plenty yeah. of support, but, yeah. I mean, it's just, hey, it's tripled. It's doubled. It's It's been amazing what's happened to Coach Hudson and, and I'm all for a statue of coach, but my one thing I would add to it is it's got to have a pair of ripped trousers on it. 
I mean, that's that's the greatest <laughs> conference tournament story of all time. You know, having to put the sweater on, but still coaching with a pair of ripped trousers. That's commitment. Hey, that's uh, that's going above and beyond right there. That's uh, that's the best. That's uh, the hilltopper way. That's right. Adapting <laughs> overcome is what they say. Uh, so, Garrett, you know, you're kind of new on the show, and we're going to want some of our listeners to kind of, to kind of get to know you a little bit. Um, working as a media person in Bowling Green, uh, what do you think of the media presence uh, in Bowling Green as far as the coverage of Western? You know, uh, I think uh, I think we have a, a decent media presence. It's definitely uh, grown a lot over the last couple of years. You know, social media just has such a big impact on those kinds of things. You know, WKU Sports putting out different YouTube pages, all of a sudden getting a ton of hits, you know, DJ Khaled, you know, 2,000 retweets and stuff like that. But as far as the media and BG, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the Daily News does a pretty good job of covering things. And I think, uh, I think our station does a decent job, but I don't think there's as much honesty in some of that media coverage because, you know, I mean, they're widely connected to the university. And if, you know, they share an opinion that necessarily is is super negative. That's that's gonna hurt. You know, that relationship with a with a mid major university. That's kind of what you get in college towns. And yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. That's that's why I love you know independent blogs like what you guys do, and you know all these different Twitter accounts that pop up. I think I think that is important for the media coverage in Bowling Green as far as uh, Western Kentucky sports, especially. Appreciate that. We, you know, it's uh, the Tower Rack and uh, Red Out have a lot of followers and listeners, and um, you know, it's just we do this as a hobby. So it, you know, it kind of uh, it may seem non-traditional to some people, but you know, it's just it's something we enjoy, and we've always enjoyed Western. But um, so in I your opinion, sure. I'll go ahead, Nerman. No, no, you're good, Jared. Go ahead. Buddy. No, I was gonna say, and like, it is kind of nice to be able to put out articles and stuff and being able to see how it's responded to because that's one thing we've always tried to do with the towel rack is that i mean most of the time we'll just be honest with stuff like i mean with coach elton this year he's surpassed every single expectation that we had tried to come across we thought if he got four or five wins the season maybe six and six that'd be a good year for him oh, yeah. but to get eight and four i mean that's just insane but, I mean, yeah. when, when things are going good, I mean, we'll talk about that. But when things were bad, we talk about that, too. Like with Coach Sanford, that was another thing. We didn't really hold back as far as how we felt the way that he was leading that program. And ultimately, thankfully, Todd still made the right decision. But, I mean, we just don't really sugarcoat stuff. That's just kind of how we are. <laughs> yep, now <he laughs> for is. better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, so he's coaching at the, uh, the Flying Sanfords of Utah State now. So Yes. Um, so, Garrett, do, do you believe that – uh, Bowling Green could support a daily show dedicated to Western Kentucky University. Ah, uh, you know, I think there's there's a possibility to it. I mean, certainly you'd have to have, you know, the local support, not just in fans, but with, you know, some dollars behind it as well, with some sort of advertisement. But you know, there's there's a lot of big name people here that love Western Kentucky sports. There are a lot of just local people, local normal people that just want to listen to. Hilltopper Sports. I'll tell you what, I get tired of listening to Paul Feinbaum every you know, Monday through <laughs> oh, Friday, God. 2 to 4, with all those call-ins. And I know there's people in this area that are willing to call in and talk Hilltopper Sports. I mean, yeah. I've heard them on Hilltopper Hotline before. It's just, you know, I think getting that 
that group in one place trying to find that that one source for uh for your daily media coverage i guess on a on a larger scale yeah i agree uh insert ad for red out to go to daily <laughs> see we need like, a donation or something <laughs> tyler higby if you're listening send us some money bro yeah <laughs> yep. also, just got that extension trent betting like, give us a call buddy we'll be glad to do it um it's like with so, go ahead alex go ahead projector anything but it's a good possibility because one thing that we do is fan interaction and it's just it's nice to see everyone interact with us and it's a slowly groove process that's just something that we're just passionate about the university passionate about wku sports as a whole and just other people just gravitate towards that and it's it's something that's flourishing and something that'll continue to flourish in the future I mean, yeah. when I was when I was growing up in the Hilltopper world, I mean, I've I've lived in Bowling Green my whole life. I went to WKU basketball games my whole life. That was just what I grew up in. I feel like back in the day before all the social media thing, it was always you know Hilltopper Haven. That's the one place you went oh, for man. your for your fan source. I don't think Hilltopper Haven still exists, does it? I no, it does. it does. Oh, it does. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize to whoever <laughs> still works on the message board there. But now, now obviously, people want to go to different areas for their news sources, which is important because I think people want to hear the different fan, uh, inter- different fan uh, opinions. Excuse me. You know, they don't want to just hear one guy's recycled opinion. You know, not saying that's what you know beat writers or you know people who talk about Western you know weekly or daily do. But you know that fan opinion is something that that drives ticket prices it drives the audience around wku sports not just the sport itself so uh you know i I definitely think that's important i agree um so kind of going back to an earlier question how big of a loss do you think chad was to uh the western sports uh kind of information that that fans get oh man well i think uh I think it was Chad and then and then Zach kind of took over the same role and at Western and yeah. Zach does a great job with the, the content they put out at WKU Sports. I mean their whole SID department is is really good about putting out that stuff, but you know, that's not the fan opinion. You know, they work yeah. for WKU. So it's uh-huh. that's that's getting back to what you guys do being important. But Chad, you know, he was a he was a do it all man. He could do radio, he could do TV, he could write. So uh, he was definitely a big loss for Hilltopper Sports. And he was also a very, uh, he was an unbiased guy when it came to just, you know, telling the truth on a lot of things. I mean, obviously he was well-connected at WKU, so he wasn't going to go off yeah. the deep end with the uh, things he, he kind of cut out a little bit there, about, but yeah. He would be honest about WKU basketball and football, and I think that's uh, that's important. And uh, you yeah. know, now I, I think he works for He's a Vandy SID now, so he's kind of back in that role of, you know, maybe not being totally truthful about Vandy football or wherever they may be, but that's, oh, man. <laughs> that's just the situation you get played into in, in certain jobs, and that's not a knock on any of those guys. That's just that's just what comes with that territory. Uh, so what's next for you, Garrett? What uh, Where is life going to take you next? What are you looking to do next? Oh, man, I, I'm really not sure yet. I... Uh, I'd actually changed my major a couple of years ago. I'm no longer, I went into broadcasting because I, I worked at ESPN since I was 16 years old. I'm I'm oh, wow. 20, I'm right. 23 now, so 
you know, I'm just, uh, I think I'm ready to switch it up out of the total broadcast business and uh, my major sport management. So I always kind of wanted to get involved in that SID world and, you know, understand, you just kind of got to understand your place in this media business. I think that's, that's something that that's important. You know, when I work for ESPN, it's an affiliate for WKU. We carry Lady Topper basketball. So I'm not going to sit there and, and badmouth Mike Sanford all the time, you know, even though maybe he deserved it at certain points. But, yeah. you know, that's that's not part of that territory. So I, uh, I always appreciate what, you know, the athletics department does to put out information on certain teams. And, you know, it's hard when they're losing. I mean, you can ask them. Uh, off the record, they'll tell you that it's it's really hard to do, but it's uh it's part of that job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and that's and with the Mike Sanford era, you're I I don't want to say I was the only one, but um, early on I was calling for you know him there something needed to change yada yada yada, and then after a while it's just kind of one of those it's like well you know he's making his own bed as far as that's concerned you know so uh, you just kind of. Sorry, just yeah. getting a little side oh, no. there. Now my uh, ADD kicks in real hard. So um, that's but, an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Anytime Mike Sanford comes up, I just I just have a tick myself. I'm ready to jump into a wall or something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll just kind of scoot on in here into our other sports. We just talked about women's basketball uh, continuing the success, beating Ball State on December seventh and Oklahoma last Wednesday uh, during our show. Uh, so now we get to the kind of the good news, bad news. Uh, Western falling to Louisville, pushing them to the fifth set. And, you know, as I just said, falling 3-2 uh, in that set. Uh, but just like Garrett was saying, um, volleyball uh, is a dynasty here at Western. We just have to get over that little hump named Louisville in all of our sports. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the game, buddy? Yeah, see, I watched the first two sets of it, and it was a great. I thought they did a great job with the broadcast. I mean, the commentating was I mean, okay, but I mean, HSSN always <laughs> does such a fantastic job with everything that they put together, which is amazing to have at a local level. Like whenever you see like the local ESPN productions, like with Western compared to literally any other Conference USA school, it's like so many miles above <laughs> what they do. But, I mean, it was just so frustrating. I stopped watching it for whatever reason, because when I stopped watching, they actually started to do better. And once it got through that fifth set, I was like, man, I don't know if I can take this. <laughs> it was just so <laughs> stressful. But, I mean, it's just a heartbreaker. I mean, you hate that for Travis Hudson and all those girls, like Sophia Serino and all of them that have done so well in their time at Western. It's just a phenomenal season. I mean, you lo you would love to beat Louisville, and I'm sure they're still going to try to get up for that game every single time they play him from here on out. But, I mean, the sky is the limit for Travis Hudson at his team, man. I mean, that Paige Briggs, she's only a freshman. It, imagine her staying four years. The type of player that she can be by the time she graduates is going to be insane. Plus, he's got other people coming in now, too. So, I mean, the future is very bright for this program, and hopefully with this tournament in Diddle Arena and fans coming out to see what this is like, hopefully they'll be able to retain some of that into next year and being able to get more attendance. So it'll be good to see. Uh, Alex, what did you think of the uh, match set? I don't What's that? What is it? 
match. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alex, what did you think, buddy? Did you watch? Yeah, I was actually at the game. It was my awesome. first match good. since college, pretty much. The last time I actually been to a volleyball game was like 2014. But it was just <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was like it was literally just a cluster. Just seeing like how the fans pretty much were engaged. Like it was just typical right down to the wire. Like I was expecting it was going to go four sets for either team, but just five. It was like, it was back and forth. Like had a good lead, blew it. And then also the rallying, it was just the turning point in the match was just how well each team rallied. Even during the fourth set where, Western literally could have just laid down. The girls were literally just didn't give up at all. They yeah. attested just off the energy, off the crowd energy. And also, I think that the game benefited well just by how Bowling Green was one of the host cities and Western was one of the host universities for the tournament. Like, you couldn't get a crowd like this in, like, Lexington in previous years or like somewhere random like in ohio or something but it just it fall literally into our laps and we benefited in these last two games it was just also thank the ncaa for just letting western be a host university for that just it made the difference when it came to just the fans the crowd coming out and the performance so sky's the limit travis hudson real deal this is like one of the best times to be a wd volleyball fan right now Garrett, what did you think, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, well, first off, conspiracy theory. If you know me, I'm a huge hot take artist. And uh, oh, I think yes. the NCAA gave WKU the host site knowing that they were going to rip Kenny Cooper's eligibility away in the coming week as well. So they, were, they gave us one, and then they take it away. But uh, WKU Volleyball, man, it was it – was, I was there, I was hidden up in the rafters, and I'm a nerd. I love plugging my headphones in and listening to the broadcast, too. You know, whether it's Randy Lee or uh, I'm a Brett Williams guy just because I'm a little biased. I got to work with him for a couple of years. But, uh, man, you're just right about how young this Hilltopper team is. I think that was the big thing. They have two seniors, Emma Kolakowski and uh, I'm escaping the other one, Sophia Serino. Yep. And uh, really... Lauren Matthews, who I think got that region player of the year with uh, Coach Hudson's uh, coach of the year. Uh, I think that was either yesterday or today, but she's a sophomore. Katie Eisenbarger, who is really underrated as far as what goes on around the net. I thought she was a, a big force and, you know, blocking. Of course, uh, there wasn't a lot of blocking in that Louisville game. There was a lot of blocking in the game before that against Kennesaw State. But, uh, you know, Louisville, they're just... They had the tops number this year, and uh, I kind of thought after that Louisville player called out the tops about, you know, we want to give them the second loss. I just felt like everything was matching up for the tops uh, to move on to the Sweet 16, but, you know, give credit to the cards, man. They just played a heck of a match, man. Uh, a five-setter on the road in a hostile environment like that, and, you know, that's usually where the experience comes into play. And I'm just glad that Bowling Green kind of showed up and supported the the uh, volleyball team. Um, I know that's kind of their biggest complaint all year is not having the support. But, you know, Bowling Green kind of showed out for them. And I don't know the specific number of attendance, but from what I heard, it was pretty good. 
I know it was over 5,000 for the awesome. mobile game, which awesome. obviously was a EA Diddle Arena record. But, uh, you know, I think the big thing moving forward is just, you know, that's that's recruiting tape for Coach Hudson, who's already a heck of a recruiter for, you know, being in Conference USA and, you know, not getting a lot of respect usually when it comes to the at-large bid. And I think he, he finally has gotten enough national coverage where he made a broken that stigma. He's almost like the Gonzaga. They beat up on their bad conference and they get a ton of respect just because they know that, you know, they're still good enough to hang with some of those teams. And I think that's that's really what Coach Hudson's on, on the bridge of, man. Young team, a uh, couple more recruiting classes. And I, nobody transfers out. I mean, people love it with Coach that Hudson. That is true, yeah. You talk to all these old players and they'll tell you about the culture. They, you know, they don't sugarcoat it. They love it at WKU Volleyball. And I I can see why. From the outside looking in, usually it, it always – the grass is greener. But uh, I think it's just as green, evidently. I don't know. I mean, just yeah. seeing the way he does his press conferences and everything. I mean, he's always – he wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's one of the things I love about him is that he gives some of the best speeches I've ever heard. Oh, man. Like just talking about like what he was going to do after the game that he lost and everything and just spending time with his family and everything. I mean, he's just such a class act guy. And it's, we're so glad to have him here. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the dynasty that is WKU Volleyball, I mean, it's hard to beat. And I mean – as a guy who's expecting a daughter in January, um, I, it, it just makes you feel excited for these young girls uh, watching volleyball. And, you know, if you got parents listening or anybody like that who's got a little girl, take them to these women's basketball games. Take them to the women's volleyball games. Um, oh, yeah, we don't have men's volleyball. But women's volleyball games. And, you know, support these girls and let your daughter see, um, you know, you know, the support that they're getting and maybe it'll help encourage them to continue their athletics career. So, um, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and skip on to uh, football. We've got some exciting news. Um, some other teams got some really confusing news. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so first off, Western is going to be playing Western Michigan in the first responder bowl on December 30th at 12:30, and that is uh, in Dallas. Uh, Brett asked earlier who all's going. Jared, or well, I'll go to Jared first. Jared, are you going to make the drive? I mean, we initially thought about it, but I still have so much going on with my oh! I know. I cannot <laughs> escape. It's not that I'm on contract or anything like that. It's just I cannot escape. Like the youth were going to leave that Sunday, but now so many of them are going to be gone from the holidays that I'll have to do it. But. It is what it is. I'm sorry. I'll be watching on ESPN though. I think it's on like the ESPN, and it's the I think only it is too, yeah. on that day. So that the Western will get a lot of good national coverage with that. I hope one of the Westerns will. Kentucky, uh, that is. I forgot. Yes. We got to clarify that. Crap. <laughs> Alex, are you going to make it, buddy? I won't be able to make it to Dallas. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, like. I have to go, like, with the holidays and all, not to mention I do got to come back and work the 27th and possibly might have to work a few hours before the game on the 28th, which it's imperative. I made it to, like, you know what? I'm coming in only for a few hours for overtime the 28th, and that's it. The rest of them, I'm out. So, I yeah, I can't wait for the game. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Um, so, Garrett, are you going to make it? 
I, I won't make it, but I have a great excuse, <laughs> I think. Okay. And, uh, you got to excuse my ignorance, but last year, isn't this the same bowl that got canceled or whatever, the same yes. day of the game? It actually oh was. I, I don't think I'm willing to risk the biscuit to drive all the way to Dallas <laughs> in hopes that they get it right this year. I'm sure they get it right this year, but, you know, just playing my cards safe. Was it because of inclement weather? Like, wasn't it just, like, storming the entire time, or was it something else? I think it was storming, and they weren't ready for how bad it was storming or something. Yes, I do remember that. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So, uh, as some of you know, um, I am a licensed funeral director, uh, hashtag The Undertaker, uh, so I (laughs) doubt I'll be able to make it. Um, And the holidays are always the worst for me because – if we do get off that day, then it's the only day I get off that week for the holiday. Um, so I probably won't make it. I haven't made it, I haven't been to a bowl game uh, with Western ever. I'd love to do it at some point. Uh, but it's fun. No, I can't. I, it's one of those I'd love to do it, uh, and I don't see that happening uh, next year either. So uh, with the little girl coming, so we'll see. I still don't have a name, just FYI. Um, so. You can find my wife on Facebook and uh, send her name requests. That'll work. Um, I always said Courtney after Courtney Lee, but, you know, that's just so <laughs> basic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Alyssa, uh, or Alyssa Cavanaugh. Ooh. Alyssa Cavanaugh. Alyssa's not okay. bad. Um, I doubt she'll go for that. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, she, the I'll, uh, side note here, uh, some of the names are McKenna. Uh, oh, this is important. I know, right? Riley, um, what was it? Harley was another one, um, but I think we're gonna kind of nix Harley because of uh, everybody naming their pet Harley. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, Tyson Helton was named Conference USA Coach of the Year. Uh, D'Angelo Malone was named Defensive Player of the Year, and Ty Story got Newcomer of the Year. Which, by the way, I saw that and I was like, "Is that really one, or did they just?" We're being nice. But anyway, uh, I, I honestly, as we've talked about on the show before, Ty Story, Ty Story has gone above and beyond what we expected. And it all started basically at the Arkansas game and just finished throughout the season. I mean, he just played, I mean, above and beyond what we actually thought. Um, but um, so what do you all think of the uh, Conference USA Awards? I'll go with you first, Garrett. Uh, well, I'll start with Ty, man. He kind of made me eat my crow because at the beginning of the year, I, I was a, a Stephen Duncan guy. I'm, I'm a weird guy when it comes to personnel. Obviously, that's why I'm not a coach because I go by the Madden and NCAA football standards of, you know, start the <laughs> younger guy, let him develop. And, you know, sometimes that's not always the best uh, case scenario when it comes to just winning games. And uh, I think the most impressive thing about Ty was just having to come off the bench like he did, and, you know, losing his starting job in the spring and in the fall there, and you know, all of a sudden uh, he's thrown in there due to injury, and he he absolutely made the most of it. <laughs> he's he's going to be a hilltopper quarterback in those in that lineage of guys that we remember because of the season that he helped turn around. I mean, it's it's unreal. I think Tyson helped me tweet it out like right before you guys went live there that uh. You know, he was thanking coaches and players for the award of Coach of the Year, and I think that's a, a great thing for him to do because of what Clayton White did, keeping him as defensive coordinator. And then, obviously, 
you got the newcomer of the year on offense and the defensive player of the year on defense. That's not too bad. That's a that's a turnaround season if I uh, ever heard of one. Yeah. Um, so I'll go to Jared next. What did you think, buddy? Yeah, I mean, uh, two of those, I mean, we were kind of battling Charlotte for that with, uh, I can't remember the defensive guy for Charlotte, that's really good, and also with Will Healy and everything, I'm glad we were able to pull that out, and I mean, if just looking at Tyson Helton, man, what can you say, I mean, we all thought that we would only have like four or five wins this season, and he gets eight, and the crazy thing about it is they could have had more, like, yeah. if, if you take the UCA game against Central Arkansas, I mean, if you give that a win, say they come out a little hotter and pay more attention. And then, of course, like the Marshall game, if they showed up a little more in the first half, they would have had that one as well. That's 10-2. and two. Could you imagine if he went 10-2 and two in his very first year as the head coach for this team? That would have been amazing. But, I mean, 8-4 and four is great, and I'll take it. And especially with this bowl game coming up, looking at Western Michigan, like they haven't really done much. They did beat Central Michigan, which was the MAC champion. So that is what it is. But other than that, they don't really have too many impressive wins. And I think that we have a really good shot going into that to win that one. Yeah, absolutely right now looking up that defense player for Charlotte. So, uh, but um, I don't see him on here. But anyway, um, yeah. So, Alex, what did you think of the uh, individual Conference USA awards? It was pretty much throughout the season – it was touch and go, but pretty much like after the second half of the season, you just had a feeling that at least WKU was going to rack up on some of these awards. Like Ty Store with the newcomer to year, he definitely deserves it. Also, D'Angelo Malone, that is like, honestly, it's like the best defensive prospect we've had out of Western, like in that BS era. Like, Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be interesting to see which round he's gonna land in with the NFL draft coming up. And then I'll, t- I'll take him in Miami right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he's just like a prototypical three four outside linebacker when you look at him too. Like I I just feel like he's one of those guys he gets into those workouts in the spring and and they see how athletic he is and his build and. Somebody somebody will take a risk on him. I really believe that in the second or third round range. I, I'm not a draft expert by any means, but I I would be shocked if he fell too too far. I, I agree there, Garrett. I completely agree. Um, the only thing I always wish is that the NFL uh, and the NCAA would uh, kind of pick up the same uh, philosophy as far as like basketball or baseball is concerned. Let these kids go to the draft, and as long as they don't get drafted, let them come back. Um, yeah, I'm on board. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, I'm good. I'm on definitely on board with that because literally, like the football draft process, it's weird. Like you can literally go. Obviously, you have to wait three years, or you can go as like a redshirt sophomore. Like three years is like the basic minimum, which it's good, but also at the same time, it's like if you're a junior, like. In this case, like Johnny Manziel, he left and went to the draft as like what a redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Mistaken. So it's like it's definitely a good option to just like let them go, and if they don't get drafted, just let them go back to school. Like don't just let them sit a year and just like develop their skills because literally that could either make or break their skills, and that's how some of these 
players have to deal with is just like with the decision like going early, not going, and then you have to deal with the fact of trying to get on with a practice squad and then being cut by training camp. So it's just like it's a it's an option. It has to be. I agree. I agree. Um, as far as uh, I'm concerned, I guess I'll start with uh, the head coach, with Coach Heldon. Starting the year, and I've, I've, I've been eating crow, and I'm just going to keep eating it because uh, with Coach Helton, uh, I said his, one of his biggest mistakes was that he kept uh, Coach White and you know some of the other staff from the Sanford era. And you know what? I'm eating crow, and I'm fine to do it. Uh, that defense that Coach White and Coach Helton put together was probably one of the toughest defensives we've seen. Um, you know, from the Sanford era of the the as I've been saying, the paperclip um, uh, defensive mentality, the bend but don't break, uh, then going to the bulldozer that is Tyson Helton's defense. I mean, you just can't you can't stop them. I mean, that defense is – they just – they dig their heels in, and it's like you're not getting another yard, and it's like, wow, okay. Um, defensive player of the year, D'Angelo Malone. By the way, greatest thing ever was him scoring that touchdown. Uh, yes. I think that was Arkansas. Um, that was amazing. I loved watching that. I was so happy when I saw that happen. Um, and then, of course, Ty Story, as we've talked before on the show, I don't even think that Stephen Duncan could reach the heights that Ty Story did. Um, Duncan, if you're listening, buddy, you know you can take that as a challenge if you want to, whatever helps you. Um, but, I mean, Ty Story did a phenomenal job this year and you know, kind of throw the gauntlet out to you there to uh, soar to newer heights and you know, play – do the best of your ability there uh, and, you know, surpass Ty Story in that sense. Uh, but, yeah, Ty Story did an amazing job. Uh, he had his uh, his little, uh, I, w- I would say, fumbles, his little mistakes there starting at the beginning of the year uh, when he first started. And, you know, Arkansas kicked in, and it was like he was off to the races. You know, he knew exactly how he was going to do things. Um, everything started clicking. It was amazing. Um I just couldn't ask for a better year. The only thing that'll top this off is if we beat Western Michigan and become King Western, um, yes. which I think that's that's part of it, right? You become <laughs> King Western. Um, so uh, just randomly real quick, I'm going to talk about some of the other bowls and some of the confusion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it the Music City that everybody was getting confused about with Kentucky? Yeah. And, because, uh, yes, it was the – where apparently it was like this ongoing thing on Twitter, which I'm follow like a gauntlet of not only Western but UK fans and then UT fans. Surprisingly enough, all Twitter actually likes me for some reason. But <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like my social media presence is weird. But anyway, it was pretty much UT fans and UK fans getting chippy about trying to get. The, it was like three between three bowls: the Belk Bowl, the Music City Bowl, and the Gator Bowl. Somehow, Vol Twitter bullied like the SEC officials to letting <laughs> the balls get the Florida Bowl game over Kentucky, where it's like, "Well, we beat Kentucky," da, da, da. and then somehow it just made it all in the mix. And somehow Louisville, they were just like, "Okay, just give the Music City Bowl to Louisville, and then just give the Mississippi State." So everybody at the end of the day was like, "What just happened?" Uh, that was uh, honestly, I thought that was probably one of the funniest things to follow on uh, uh, Twitter and you know all the other social medias was the UK fans buying tickets to, I guess the Gator Bowl or wherever, 
and then like oh. within, the, within the five minutes there, them switching to they ended up with uh, at the Belt Bowl against Virginia Tech. Uh, so can you? I mean that as. As a sports fan, that would just be the most frustrating thing ever. You've already bought the tickets. You're already ready to go, and they're like, oh, that's Tennessee. And you're See, just like, never jump the gun with bowl games. <laughs> yeah. Just because. Like, just think about it. Because, I mean, like last year, I mean, with the one that we'll be going to, it got completely rained out, and then what? But, I mean, <laughs> the fact that you have to wait until it's 100% official. Because that just doesn't make any sense to me to just get it. Because it's not like any bowl game except for, like, the main like playoff games and like the Rose Bowl and stuff like that. It's not going to sell out. You're not going to be in a huge rush trying to get tickets because of availability. Because, I mean, with any of those bowl games, I mean, just anybody could probably walk up and get a ticket the day of from the actual office, not having to scalp it or anything. So I don't really understand why they would have to try to jump that far ahead to get one anyways, but I guess that's just me. I'm going into my memory, and I'm trying to remember, like, every Belk Bowl from the past, and I feel like every single one of them has been, like, a torrential downpour. Am I crazy, or, like, I feel like I remember that. Like, the Belk Bowl is just always raining. You're probably not wrong in that thought. Let me see. Let me look up. Belk, isn't that in Tampa? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. No, North Carolina. I'm sorry. Yes. Carolina. Yes, Charlotte. So it was the Gasparilla one that's in Tampa, I think. Yes, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, it's hard to keep yeah, up with all these bowls. There's so many. They <laughs> just tanked every single bad year boy mowers bowl. <laughs> yeah, never forget. I'm all just the ridiculous waiting. names for them. It sounds like some avant-garde like emo core band. A lot of these bowl games <laughs> do. Dude, but the best story from this bowl season, I think, so far has been a. Pardon my take, literally, or Barstool got pushed out of getting a bowl submission by ESPN. Oh, they had enough great. money to sponsor a bowl, and ESPN wouldn't let them. <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. Um, I w- yeah, actually, I, one of the funny ones I was just noticing on here is the Red Box Bowl. Mm. Like, really, they make that much money at those Red Boxes <laughs> if they have their own bowl? <laughs> um it's like a physical Netflix. I forget they have those. <laughs> those are what's the, the what's the trophy? Just like a literal red box, like on top of a stand. I think Probably. it's just a bunch of leftover DVDs <laughs> that people didn't steal. That's what it is. Um, you get frozen on a DVD, <laughs> not frozen too, but frozen. just for the old one. <laughs> it's you get the knockoff frozen. It's called freeze. Um, so. Uh, one of the other bowls I'm going to mention real quick is Louisville versus Mississippi State at the Music City Bowl. There was a, the rumor mill was flying that Western was going to the Music City Bowl, which and, I don't understand in the first place because they've <laughs> never not taken an SEC school or an ACC school. That's usually how that ends up. So I don't know why people were thinking that. I mean, the only way they would have taken an you know somebody outside of the conference is if either conference didn't have somebody to match up. You know, if they didn't have that. They, if they didn't get uh, bowl eligible, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it's it's like, no, you know, you, there's somebody going to be there. I don't understand what, what the thought was. But um, Marshall is going to go play Central Florida at the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, App State, the Flying Billy Grahams are playing UAB in the New Orleans Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for using that. I You're welcome. That. You're welcome. I knew you'd like that. Uh, Arkansas State is going to play FIU in the Camilla Bowl. Uh, FAU is versus uh, SMU at the Boca Raton Bowl. 
And How Buffalo, about Florida Atlantic, though, we haven't even talked about Willie T going there yet. Man, baby. I know that's. I'm getting to that in the next uh, little segment. Hurry here. up, Devin! I got like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hurry up. Um, and then Buffalo plays Charlotte in the Bahamas. Which, by the way, how funny was it that Charlotte jumped on that as soon as they could? That's what they want to do. I mean, go for it. They don't get to go to bowls. I think this is the first one they've ever got to go to. So live it up. And I mean, of course. <laughs> excuse me. The. Um, I feel for the fans of Charlotte. I mean, if they have any, but um, <laughs> like go, yeah, I mean, they've got to pay for t- if they go, they've got to pay for the ticket to fly to Charlotte, um, unless there's some kind of team sponsored thing, and then they've got to you know pay for a hotel room, yada yada yada, just to go to this bowl. And it's like, I just man, it's you know that's a couple thousand dollars you're gonna have to drop just to go to a bowl game, and. I just don't know if it's worth it. But anyway, um, so, man, we were a little behind. Uh, men's basketball uh, beat unbeaten Arkansas in overtime, 86-79. Uh, and uh, sadly, Charles Bassey went down with a tibial plateau fracture. Uh, it is the same fracture that J.J. Watt had. Uh, and I think they said the same doctors actually did the work. Uh, yeah. Had the surgery for uh uh, Charles Bassey that did J.J. Watt surgery. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the same doctors in Houston. Yes, yes. Um, so what I've read basically is that uh, despite – okay, so I'm on a men's health uh, article here talking about J.J. Uh, Watt's injury, uh, and I'll just paraphrase this real quick. Despite being immobile for two months during his most recent stint in rehab – uh, so he was he was immobile for two months, and then J.J. Uh, Watt, uh, it took, uh, quote, after six months of intense rehab and grueling off-season regimen, Watt says he's strong as ever. So that's eight okay. months right there, right? Is that, is yeah. that what is it, you were right in thinking that? That'd be like August or September. Which is yeah. crazy. I mean, early probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hate it for him because it was one of my fears going into the season. Um, with him coming back uh, to get hurt, and I mean, it's forcing basically a third year um, because unlike you know some of these other players that are injured, um, was it was it Vanderbilt for Kentucky a few years back that basically didn't play or was in like one game maybe, and he went. Oh to the no! I mean, last year, speaking of Vanderbilt, like the Vanderbilt Commodores, I mean Darius Garland. He got hurt like four games into the season and never played, and then he went yeah. to the NBA, and he's looked phenomenal ever since. So that definitely sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just real quick here, we're gonna we'll jump to the coaching, and then we'll jump back so Jared gets to talk about it. Um, so for coaching moves that surprised me, I was extremely excited, and if you've seen my Facebook lately, you know how excited I am that Coach Walter Wells has made it to EKU as a head coach. Um, he was at Western when I worked with Western back in the uh, first uh, first part of the 2000s. So from like 06 to 11-ish, he was there. Um, the dude's put in the grind. He's worked hard. Congratulations to you, Coach Wells. Um, I mean, he's basically done GA work. I mean, he's done what he can to get where he is. Uh, so extremely excited there. Jared, what were some of your excited uh, or shock or whatever you want to describe it as coaching moves? Well, I mean, the biggest one to talk about is uh, Willie Taggart being hired at Florida Atlantic. That's pretty much official at this point. I think the most recent update I saw was like a five-year contract. 
So it'll be interesting to see what the buyout is on that if you're the Owls. But, I mean, I'm happy for Willie T. I think that's going to be a good fit for him just for the fact that he's still going to be in Florida. He's going to have those recruiting ties. He's not going to have to go that far. I mean, Tallahassee to Boca Raton is still a lot further than you think it would be. But I think it's an upgrade personally. Sorry, Fletcher. But... (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, honestly, I think that I hope that works out for him. It's going to be interesting having that kind of rivalry with them. Still, it's we'll still have to show up for that game. I think they won't fall off that much with Kiffin, and it's really interesting. Like there was a bunch of FAU people that were eating up a tweet that I put on my personal talking about the things that Willie Taggart did when I was a student. It was my freshman year. He was still there. Like I remember he would send out emails to students talking about different games and wanting their support. And of course, also when he would do some like random pep rallies and stuff, just Rover by Centennial Mall, just trying to get people hyped up and to come to football games. And they really liked to, uh, I don't know if he'll do that if FAU, hopefully. But that's something that I really appreciated about Willie Taggart when I was there is that he's really engaging with the students. He's really engaging with the local community. So I think that if he does that, then I think he could end up in Boca Raton for a while, but we'll see. I don't know. I think if he has success, he'll want to be moving up again. Uh, he's got to yeah, coach every single school in Florida now. He's still got UCF. <laughs> he's got Florida. He's got Miami, FIU, and uh, probably so so it's like so it's like the Infinity Stones of uh, Florida schools, essentially. I it's hope like he pulls a Manny Diaz and just. Uh, I hope he pulls a Manny Diaz and stays at Temple for twenty days. He stays at FAU for twenty <laughs> days, and then he goes to Miami. Yes. Manny's lasting long. <laughs> that would actually be really funny. Uh, Alex, did you have something you wanted to add, bud? Yes, for the coaching change, this will be out of left field. But Eli Drinkwitz, he used to coach at Appalachian State. Now he's at Missouri, and Missouri literally jumped the gun with his incentives. Four million. Wow. wow. Coming from a guy that obviously he won the Sun Belt, he brought Appalachian State to their best season with, I think it was like 10 wins, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah 11. And, and a lot of that was Satterley's recruits, too. He was a coach before him just last year that went to Louisville. So it's crazy for Appalachian State. They just lost their coach again. I now think his press conference, like, apparently they were having a fit because, like, the opening lines were like he was ready to take charge and win the Sun Belt, which, you know, he's not in the Sun Belt anymore. It was the SEC. So basically it was just this running joke that everybody compared Missouri to a Sun Belt school. It was like, can we just send Missouri to the Sun Belt now? <laughs> Might as well. That would be really funny. Um, I think one of the funny ones for me was Kiffin to Old Miss. And it's not funny in the way that you're going to think, but I'll read this statement. Um, apparently, Kiffin was asked in a uh, FAU radio show if he would be the coach next year at FAU. They said it was 10 seconds of silence, and then they had to take it to break. <laughs> hey, I will say that is not as bad as what Willie Taggart did when they were asking him that towards the end of his time at Western. I'm sure you guys remember that interview. So, I try to forget about that. So just just the inside, um, I I put a piece together for an article uh, roundtable, um, and uh, in it I was talking about Bobby Petrino being hired at Western, and I said that Willie Taggart went out and got his metaphorical cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> All down Tampa. Yes. 
And I mean, of course, I know a lot of you all probably know the story, but I'll tell it again. Um, he has a meeting with his team at 6.30, and then he's on a plane at 7, and he lands in Tampa and takes the job. And it was like, wow, a little quick? No, okay. Uh, but, hey, you got to do what you got to do, Coach. Get your money. Um, so, Garrett, did you have any coaching uh, coaching moves that maybe surprised you or shocked you or whatever? Uh, well, I had one good one, but it's it's over in England. Arsenal, they got rid of uh, Unai Emery, which uh, that's pretty big for Arsenal. Congrats to the yeah. Gunners. Maybe yeah. they can win some games now in the Premier League. But uh, I think the biggest one in college football, just to reiterate, the Florida Atlantic, that rivalry now, I just feel like – uh, football, you got you, you got so many of these budding rivalries. Obviously, Marshall, what it's built over the last couple of years, what started with that Brandon Dowdy game, and I feel like FAU is kind of a team that's had the tops number a number of years. That's one of those teams in Conference USA that we haven't really uh, beat up on at times. We have in some seasons, but then they beat up on us uh, just about even and. I'm not gonna lie. I think uh, I think that's gonna be a great storyline for the next couple of years. Willie Taggart at FAU. I think that's uh, he's definitely gonna recruit Florida, and he's already got all of Lane Kiffin's talent. So, yeah, I I completely agree there. Um, and uh, Steve, shout out to you, buddy. Uh, he'll be glad to hear you talking some England uh, football moves. So, <laughs> uh, go Cambridge Pythons, just for you, buddy. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, I think another not really shocking thing was uh, ODU firing Bobby Wilder, uh, who went one and eleven this year. Um, yeah, not really a shock there. I haven't heard. Has anybody heard if they've uh, hired a new coach yet? They did. I forgot who the name was though. Yeah, <laughs> that's that just goes to show you it's not it's not that exciting. Um, and just for Jared, if he's still on, yes. Um, yeah, just I got just Jared, a couple of seconds left. No, you're good. Um, just for you, uh, looks like um, uh, Rutgers is going to drop out of the uh, Big East, and they're going to be going back to the Sun Belt. So, so. well, they're in the Big Ten. <laughs> no, this is what needs to happen. Put uh, take Rutgers out. Put in Hawaii. Watch there what happens. Go. Incredible. <laughs> they would be so jet lagged for everything, though. <laughs> I think their team would just have to sleep on the East Coast. I think that's Probably. just what would happen. They, they would have, have to study abroad in the continental United States. <laughs> I figured out who ODU's head coach was, and he has, like, a doppelganger name, like Casey okay. Kane. His name is Ricky Rain, and it's spelled the same way, R-A-H-N-E. That's all I know about him, but I feel like that's important to the conversation. I think that's really funny. There's a lot of dad jokes that can come out of that. Um, Ricky Rain. Congrats, yes. buddy. ODU football. Yes, congratulations, Ricky Rain. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I do have to laugh when Coach Wells was hired um, that the uh, president had to do some dad jokes for um, some of the process. Um, what uh, it was, one of them was uh, EKU's digging a new well or something to that effect. And it was just, it was awful. It was, it was so bad. Uh, just go ahead and uh, find that on uh, on their uh, EKU Sports. Uh, just god awful stuff. But anyway, let's go back to basketball real quick. Um, so, Western beat Arkansas in overtime, 86-79. I mean, it was an amazing game. Um, Hollinsworth throwing up the point three, throwing up 23 points there, getting nine rebounds, uh, basically leading all three brackets for Western. He even had six assists, so he led an assist too. Um, so, 
Garrett, I'll go to you first. What did you think of uh, what did you think of the uh, the game thus far? Man, I, I well one, I thought it was awesome that we're just sweeping Arkansas all over the place, and they're paying us this money to come come let us beat them. But uh, you know, <laughs> Rick, he's he's gotten some hate over the last couple of weeks because of you know a bad loss here and there, and you know the team not looking up to par. You know, with Bassie in the game and. I thought he did a pretty good job against Arkansas for the most part. Obviously, uh, it's important when you got your best players playing well, too. I mean, uh, Jim Richards, Paul Sanford, they always tell me, you know, great players make great coaches. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can coach your butt off, but if you don't have somebody that's going to play for you, then, you know, you're going to get fired really quick. And uh, it was nice to see Hollingsworth just get his confidence back, man. I, yes. I feel like the first couple of weeks, you know, he was missing those 10 to 12-foot floaters that are just, I mean, those are usually money in his game. That's his game in that mid-range area. He almost reminds me of, like, that Trey Freeman guy from Old Dominion. He's not quite as dangerous as that guy was, but just his game around the mid-range. And when he has that confidence, it opens up so much more for the offense uh, when he's that combo guard, he can step out and hit the three. He can go slash to the rim. And then now you have shooters on the outside. And uh, it all revolves around getting some production, though, from the guy that's bringing the ball up the court, from the guy that's going to be the point guard. And that's that's going to be an issue moving forward. I mean, this is a team that we know doesn't really have a point guard. But uh, that Arkansas game, uh, it was nice to finally see that come true. You know, we complain about it enough that uh, – Thank you, guys. You came through for us. Yes, yeah, they did. Um, Alex, what did you think of the game, buddy? It was a very good game. Just going into overtime, Tavion took over, and it's like now it's like you can see that he's got his confidence back. He's going to go into, I feel like, a dominant stretch just because with Bazzy out, someone is going to have to take over this role of just being – the guy and what would have made this victory more sweeter other than the fact that Bazzi could have been healthy the whole entire game like I would literally trade everything for Bazzi being healthy yeah. is if Arkansas was ranked like, yeah this was an undefeated power five team that wasn't even ranked considering all the upsets that's been happening like all the shifts in the top 25 this is an Arkansas team that could have been ranked and it would have just made the victory more sweeter if this was like a ranked opponent you got the highlight of the season now, Alway. One of the huge highlights is beating a bigger school. It could have happened for Louisville, but it was just like they took the Louisville loss. Also, they took the Wright State loss, and they just challenged it into this game, and just I'm proud of the results. And uh, I got a shout-out real quick. Uh, Jared Savage, too, man. He got a, <laughs> He's gotten a lot of hate on social media, for me included. I mean, I was one of those people that kind of was – pushing for Josh Anderson in the starting lineup, you know, let Savage come off the bench. And, uh, you know, he silenced a couple of those haters, especially with that big shot at the end of regulation. That's, <laughs> that's awesome to see. I'm glad, I'm glad the, the hometown kid got that moment, especially in, you know, what's most likely maybe going to be the biggest game in Diddle. Yes, I will say, uh, I know Jared's uh, had to go to uh, his church practice, but, um, Jared was one of those that was kind of complaining because he's like, man, you know, if Jared Savage hadn't made that shot at the end of the game, you know, there wouldn't have been a bigger argument for him to be benched over Anderson, you know, 
uh, or for Anderson to play over him. Uh, but yeah, and, and of course, if you listen to the show, you know that I'm a big Jared Savage fan, um, just because of his last name. Um, I think his dad was Randy Savage, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played 39 minutes. He shot 40 percent from uh, from the field. Uh, he was three for eight at, at the three pointer, and he made all three free throws. I mean, and it's like I say all the time when I'm talking basketball, free throws are money shots. You got to make those. Um, of course, Western ended up shooting 67.9% from free throws, um, 26.3 from three, and 46.3 from the field. Um, so, I mean, they played good. I mean, I would like to see either the uh, field goals go up or the free throws go up a little bit. Uh, shooting from the field, I'd rather them be about 50% because that's a uh, looks like Arkansas was shooting 41%. So, uh, but yeah, I'd like to see those go up a little bit. Um, but anyway, great game. Loved it. Hated that Bassey got hurt. Um, cause I was one of those that said Bassey would come back for his second year early on. Um, and I just hate to see that, but, um, that's kind of all I've got. Do you all, uh, well, actually, let me see here. Who does Western have Western plays? What did we say? Sanford? No, they got Wesley. Yeah, they got K Dub in the exhibition. Yep, they got Kentucky Wesleyan. And, and uh, one more thing, what'd you say, Alex? Hilltopper Classic, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, B and T Hilltopper. <laughs> I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> I think it is like something like that. I'm taking their word for it. He knows. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it looks like ninety-nine point nine percent for Western on the BPI on ESPN site. Um, <laughs> it is the BB&T Classic. You're right. Nice, nice, good job. Yeah. And uh, looks like Western has uh, Kentucky Wesleyan, like I said, on the 17th, 8 p.m. I'm imagine I imagine that's Eastern time. Yes. Uh, so at 7 p.m. Uh, Central, and then let me see if I can get Lady Tops real quick. Um, women play uh, Samford on uh, December 15th at 2 p.m. And then they play uh, – they have Purdue on the 18th, which is next um, – yeah, which is next Wednesday at 11 a.m. So we'll have that for our show. And the men play Rhode Island uh, on the 21st. Um, and I know that's a game that Jared has been looking forward to, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Garrett, it was a pleasure, buddy. We'd love to have you on again uh, on another show. Uh, we'll have to get together and see uh, what your schedule's like. Um, if you need a reference, be glad to drop that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. No, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'll definitely join again sometime soon. And uh, thanks once again. Uh, follow at the Tower Rack and Red Out. You guys do a really good job with uh, with keeping the Hilltopper fans up to date. Appreciate that. Uh, Alex? Thank you. Yeah, as always, I'm buddy. good at those. Appreciate you, Alex. And uh, as no always, problem. guys. As always, go Tops. Go Tops.